to the galaxy's greatest podcast about the two great 90 space station shows babylon 5 versus ds9 but we're on hiatus for that for a little bit and instead we are morbing we are talking about the morb craze that is sweeping the nation that shot to number one on netflix that finally vindicated all the memes we are talking about marvel studios although i guess it's really not marvel studios i think it's sony we are talking about morbius we are part of uncanny tracks I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. How the hell are you doing tonight, Matt? You Morbin? No, Bob, I'm I'm not Morbin. Uh, that was quite possibly the most disjointed and poorly edited superhero film I have ever watched. <laughs> that bad, huh? That bad. Yeah, yeah. If I had to compare this movie to other superhero films, all right, this is better than Halle Berry's Catwoman. I'll give never it that. Seen it. Never seen okay. it. Okay. Yeah, you never, you never need to. It's better than 2015's Fantastic Four. Never saw that. It is. That's the one of the worst. Okay, it's better than Shaq Steel. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know about that, dog. I, I rewatched Steel when it was on HBO Max a year or so ago. I had a good time. Okay, well, it's probably somewhere. If I had to put this somewhere, it's probably between Dark Phoenix and then the Joel Schumacher masterpiece Batman and Robin. Somewhere in there. I'd probably agree with that ranking. Uh, Dark Phoenix is terrible. One of the worst movies ever made. Right, but they're but they're watchable. That's the thing. Like, the 2015 Fantastic Four, I couldn't even, like, watch it the whole thing through. Like, it was so bad. Boring. Yeah. Like, Jack yeah, Steele no, sure. to me was just stupid as fuck. Halle Berry's Catwoman was unwatchable and not really a Catwoman movie, so just... Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> like... It was like it was like the equivalent of just imagine Stan Lee creating Catwoman. Correct, yes. So I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to put it between, between Dark Phoenix and Joel Schumacher's Batman or Robin, yes. I don't know. Maybe we could. Maybe we should argue about this more later on. But, like, I, I, I'm going to agree with you that this is bad. And I'm going to agree with you that it was disappointing because it was bad in a mostly kind of boring way, a kind of bland way, and a not exciting way, which I was hoping for it to be, like, bad in a you know a fun way and it, it's not that it, it's just boring but i i don't think there's that much of a difference between this and the quote-unquote good superhero movies like there is some difference i will grant you but like i don't think there's a world of difference between like this and thor 4 or like you know the new spider-man one like they're not that different this this is not well executed i grant you but it's 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 in the same ballpark you know it's even maybe in the same section yeah it's pain by numbers bob it's what it is <laughs> all little points of all the of superhero films make sure they get those out of the way but yeah, they did it and, poorly <laughs> and very very much like the venom movies although i think the venom movies are much more entertaining this really does feel like a throwback this feels like the kind of bad superhero movies they made in the early 2000s which in the late 90s which granted not that i still don't think are actually that different from the mcu ones they make today but that 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 is the weird thing that sony does is it's like they're still kind of following the late 90s early aughts model rather than you know having having cracked the not very difficult code of like the marvel model 
Sony, you're stuck in the 90s. Get out of there. Yeah. So what was your uh, pre-existing familiarity with Morb, Matt? Uh, just the Spider-Man animated series from the 90s? Well, I know him from Spider-Man the animated series. You know, he was skewered by the censors in that cartoon. He had the face, or not the face, the, the hand uh, claws or the hand suckers. That was weird. Yeah, he absorbed plasma through his hands, which was, you know, weird to begin with. But he also, uh, the only other exposure I've had to Morbius was that he was an ally in, like, the Spider-Man Maximum Carnage video game. Oh, you know, that's right. I'd, I'd totally forgotten about that. He, he just shows up and shoots, like, something out of his mouth and then goes on. Doesn't he usually, like, fly when he shows up? Yep. Yeah, he, like, fl- well, he fl- floats. It, just, it was pretty floats, poorly yeah. animated, but yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've even read a, a Morbius comic... Um, uh, several, several years ago, you know, when they were doing Marvel Now around like 2013, 2012, 2014, um, there was a Mor- Morbius series. I don't know if it was meant to be a miniseries or if it just only lasted eight or nine issues, but, you know, there it was. And it was written by Joe Keating, who I who I like. He, he's done stuff like Glory that I'm really into. But uh, I, I read it, you know, it was all collected in one trade. I, I tell you, I can't remember a damn thing about it, though. Can you at least tell me, is Morbius primarily a Spider-Man or a Blade villain? Or is he meant to be an anti-hero? Or is he a hero? What is he? Uh, much more an anti-hero and much uh, much more associated with Spider-Man than Blade. Okay. Um, he, like, it was one of those... I think the reason he's not just a normal vampire... I think is I think they were still kind of dealing with the comics code when they created him, oh. in that, which I think was like the late sixties, and so like that's why he I think I might be wrong about this, but I think that's like why he's the living vampire, and he's you know a little different. And then um, a few years later, the comics code relented, and uh, you know allowed them to just straight do vampires. So you know Marvel started doing like Tomb of Dracula, and Morbius was never a big deal, but. In the early '70s, like when you had the Mar the Marvel horror uh, horror comics craze, you would see like some Morbius like solo adventures. I think he had a backup in like Vampire Tales, things like that. So he's been having solo adventures, albeit not very many of them, since the early um, '70s. And I'm pretty sure he's like fought Spider-Man much more than Blade. But yeah, ultimately he's like a more of an anti-hero than a, than a villain or a hero, I would say. So before we actually dive into the film, do you think Morbius warranted a film? Did Morbius need a movie? Uh, no, but I could see the attraction, right? Like, it's a vampire superhero. That's cool. Um, Blade did really well. You know, like, the, this. there's no reason this you know, had to suck. Like it could have been, it could have been a lot more interesting. They just, they, it just wasn't, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, there, there was no need for it, but it could have been interesting. I guess it would, would be my position. Yeah. So you can actually see the reasoning as to why they needed Morbius. Like that's the thing or why they need, well, not why they needed, but why this could have worked, I guess I'm trying to say like why it could have been better. Yeah. I, think, I, I, I like think the, so. I like that you're using the blade as an example. Cause if you look at blade success and then compare it to they're like, Oh, we can strike, we can strike gold again with, uh, Morbius. He's a vampire. They'll, yeah. they'll buy into that. And that's, I don't feel like that's what's happened. I mean, there, there is a big difference between blade and Morbius's characters in the sense that, 
style. Uh, Blade had, <laughs> no, no, in the sense that Blade has been in a lot of good comics, and yeah. Morbius, to my knowledge, hasn't. So that that's a big difference. But in a, I don't think the studio cares about that. And they did change they did change Blade a lot from the you know from his comics thing to and now the comics have kind of imitated the movies. Whereas with Morbius, uh, I think they broadly stayed pretty faithful to to him, especially like the a lot of the minor characters in this movie, I think are based on characters of the first Morbius story in Spider-Man, which I read years and years ago and don't remember and don't care, you know, but like, I think if anything, this is like a kind of weird product of like, it's stylistically like the late nineties, early aughts, um, uh, superhero movies. But if it had shared their kind of disrespect for the source material, it might've been more interesting. Cause you know, but they didn't, they didn't just follow the template with blade. they, created him into something somewhat new yeah that's i'll never forget uh in marvel ultimate alliance the video game when you when you come upon blade you know they all have alternate attires and one of blade's attires is his 70s get up whatever he had back then that looked kind of like a robin hood outfit Do you know oh what I'm yeah talking that about? shit rocks man he's got the, <laughs> he's got the fucking brown uh the brown leather jacket that shit rocks yeah he's got the he got the kind of if i'm remembering right it's like a small afro yeah so do you Goggles. do you think that would have been as a, a he would have had as much of an impact wearing the hat? Uh, oh man, that's that's hard because I know I, <laughs> I don't think so, but I, I but I fucking love that uh, outfit, and I don't like your disrespect. I'm I really love I really love the Tomb of Dracula comic that Blade comes out of. I think it's a great comic, and and weirdly I would say it's um a template for a lot of what uh, Claremont did with the X Men in the late seventies. It's like an ensemble cast because. You know, how do you make a 80 issue or no, 70 issue, excuse me, series about Dracula? Well, it's kind of hard, right? So instead you have, you focus on like a team of vampire hunters who's pursuing Dracula and a lot of the serialized storytelling and to a lesser extent, the team dynamics that Marv Wolfman did in that book were influential on Claremont's X-Men. Also just the Gene Colan art on uh, the team of Dracula just fucking rocks. It's Gene Colan is a god, man. R.I.P. Now, your description of that series is something I want to see. I would like to see a Blade film where he's, you know, it's focused on a team of people. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, Bob, I didn't see Blade Trinity. I saw the first two Blade films. I didn't see the third one. Well, I mean, so this I, is the kind of tragedy, right, is that Blade Trinity is the one that tries to do that. Yeah, that's... To some extent, <laughs> and it's fucking awful. Yeah, it, like, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, that yeah. sounds a lot like Blade, like this, what I gathered from Blade Trinity, and okay, well... yeah. I, I, maybe they could do it better this time around, and then maybe it would be interesting. Yeah, because like in Blade Three, they make like Dracula like Euro trash, and they have they have a there's a cool vampire private eye character um, named Hannibal King, and then they cast Ryan Reynolds to play him, and it's just awful. Um, it's, it's, it's a product of its time, I think. <laughs> very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's a tragedy. It's a they're tragedy. like they like those trashy they like those trashy vampires in True Blood. Let's stick some of those in there, I guess. So. <laughs> I think it was actually a little pre True Blood. Oh, it was yeah. I think you're right. A little, True Blood was in the early aughts. Yeah. yeah. Well, no True Blood. I think was no, more sorry, in the uh, late, late aughts. Late aughts. Yeah. yeah. True yeah. Blood was late aughts. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, what one uh, one last remark? I'd just say this this film is better than Blade Three. <laughs> All right. So. I, I will say to start off that having two prologues to a film is two prologues too many. 
Oh, I agree. I, the, the pacing is so... It's, it's fucked from the very beginning, Bob. You have a first prologue that's basically straight out of Nolan's Batman Begins. Is what that was. And he, he, he walks up and he gets surrounded by bats. Yeah. And oh boy, is that, is that not the last Batman Begins connection we have? But oh, no, yeah, it, you, you have yeah. the bat. Yeah. You have that ripoff. And then the second prologue is just like it's designed to stoke my anti English bigotry. You see like young Morb and young Milo being like annoying English kids in a school in Greece. Oh, God, it's awful. Yeah, the second prologue turns Morbius into Forge from the X Men, and it shows just me how it's trying to show me how brilliant uh, Doctor Morbius is <laughs> by holding tightly to my hand, Bob. They're holding my hand through this whole film because I'd never know how smart he was without watching him take an ink pen and do some stupid thing to a, a blood machine. I get they're trying to show me what's going on, but still, like I, I don't need all that bullshit. Because then you go to the next scene, which is all about like him winning the Nobel Peace Prize. We get it; he's smart. <laughs> I get it. Don't just <laughs> shove it down my throat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I gotta say, it's a, it's a huge dick move of Young Morb to name every friend Milo. I mean, we were laughing about it in the room when we watched it, but man, that's a, it's, it's a weird move. It's a weird move. You're, you're, you're my new Milo. Yeah, Morbius is kind of an asshole through this whole film, and uh, it's, it's someone I don't really want to follow. So they, they set it up pretty early that I don't really care for Morbius as a human being. Yeah. So Milo, played by uh, Matt Smith, you know, while although not yet because we're still in the childish prologue, uh, he's apparently loosely based on another living vampire character from the late 90s who I did not know, but he's called Hunger. I think it's a different name, but it's a fairly similar character. Oh, so he's not named Lucian? Oh, God, I don't remember. Probably not. <laughs> Lucian. Did you, like, did you like when that name popped in there? Oh, look what they're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got a that Lucifer tie to it. Uh, or, or, or it's just a ripoff of Lucius Fox. Maybe. You're right. It's probably much, <laughs> probably more of a Satan tie. They were trying to make him dark. Yeah. Hell <laughs> Satan, baby. Hell Satan. Uh, so Jared Harris is playing Morb and Milo's mentor. Uh, Jared Harris is a great actor, but he does get stuck in some dog shit franchises. Um, he was Moriarty in the Robert Downey Jr., Sherlock Holmes movies, which are terrible. Uh, he's the lead in the Foundation TV series, which has good parts and terrible parts. Uh, you got a you got a favorite uh, Jared Harris performance, Matt? I most recently saw him in uh, the Crown. He's King George the Sixth. Oh God, I I didn't know that, and that pains me to my soul to know that. Yeah, he it's nothing. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good. It's not a favorite performance. I'm just I'm just telling you another performance I know him from. I don't. <laughs> I don't have a favorite. <laughs> He's a mid-show regular on Mad Men, like season seasons like three, four, and five, I think. And he's great on Mad Men. It's a great role. He's a really funny character. Mad Men's a you know, colossally good show that I think the culture's forgotten a little bit. But yeah, that's that's actually why I have a lot of affection for Jared Harris as Mad Men. Yeah, I need to go back and maybe rewatch Mad Men at some point. But I've watched probably the first season or two i mean you you have the idea it's not it's not like i think it's a very very good show but it's like not a show it's not like a show like breaking bad that builds right like it it is the show it is and it's very good at that but it, it kind of is the show that it is so bob then the next scene uh we just skip ahead all the way to you know 
Morbius growing old and becoming a oh, doctor. Don't, don't don't say that's a bad thing, man. I was grateful we skipped out of the childhood. You, you don't want to stick around his childhood a little longer, Bob? See what goes on? See what teenage Morbius no, looks no, like? No, Maybe I, they can tell I, us I, how he got so smart. Because, you know... <laughs> Well, Matt, that's going to be one of the spinoffs in the uh, Spider-Man Extended Universe that Sony's doing. Uh, they're going to have Teen Morb. No, we'll probably have a what if, Bob. A what if. What if Morbius didn't uh, you know, become a doctor but became a boxer or some shit? Well, I mean, at least it won't be branded what if because I, uh, I think MCU's got the what if on lockdown, baby. You're absolutely right. I keep forgetting this is not actually an MCU film, which is so confusing. Even to people like us who are like doing a podcast on it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, if we're if we're confused, imagine how Joe Q Public feels. Jeez. Yeah. Or Jane Q Public. So Jared Leto is a profoundly silly actor, but uh, damn, he does look good in that white tie for the Nobel Prize. I got to give him that. Yeah, he 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 looks pretty good in that one scene. Yes, I give him. I give you that. <laughs> he's a he's a handsome man, our Jared Leto. So, you know, the first half hour of this movie was very tedious, but for me, the existential dread really set in when I realized that every action scene in this movie would involve Matrix bullet time. That was when I was just like, oh no, this is not what I was hoping for. But Bob, it's not just Matrix bullet time. It's that colorful, liquidy shit that sprays off them with every strike. Well, who thought that was okay? It's like watching one of those Tang commercials from the late 90s. Remember Tang? <laughs> I, so it's interesting that you you thought of it as liquid. I thought of it more as like like vampire dandruff, like he was shedding. Some scenes even make it look like smoke. I don't know yeah, what the it, hell it's it looks to like. Be. It, to me, it looks more like cinders and smoke than uh, than liquid. And it wasn't just in. I mean, it wasn't just when they were fighting. It was like whenever he was moving, right? Yes. As, well, yeah. Why? I mean, I guess they thought that was going to look cool. I don't... Yeah, I mean, I appreciate going for visual coolness, but you maybe don't want something that you're going to have to do, spend so much of the movie, like, animating, for lack of a better term. Like, you know, visual coolness is usually best in small doses, not in extensive doses. I just don't know what it was supposed to represent. That's I think that's the problem. The like vamp, vampire flight, or I I don't know. Like we, <laughs> may, maybe that's maybe to go back to your liquid theory. Like that's the shit you lose as a vampire, and so you need the blood or the plasma to compensate. I don't know. Yeah, we're giving too much thought into this, and I don't think they gave this much thought into it. So they were just like, "That looks cool." That's one little effect we can throw Would, in there. Wouldn't it be cool if Morb had black dandruff flakes? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> well, it's not even black, Bob. That's like it was at least the same color throughout. It's whatever clothes he's wearing. It's almost like his clothes yeah. are just like shedding. Like yeah, I, you're I right. You're right. I, you're I don't right. know. Yeah, it, like I don't know what they were going for. It is like his clothes are flaking, yeah, because it, it's almost like it's coming from the clothes and not his body. You're absolutely right. This is some weird shit. Like, I can't even explain, like, it's hard to even explain without having the visual, but it, it's, yeah. Ugh. yeah. I think we've described it pretty well. Yeah. So, look, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, A, I'm sorry, and uh, B, uh, if you want to plot a summary of Morb, I, why? Like, I'm, we're not going to do that. So, we're just going to skip ahead to some other interesting points. So, we have, uh, interesting also being a, that's a lie. We're going to skip, <laughs> we're going to skip on to some other points. So two FBI agents are here, you know, like Morb has killed some people. They're investigating Morb for killing the people, although they're not totally sure that Morb did it. No, 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 Bob, uh, Bob, 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 clarify. Morb killed bad people, not the one good nurse in the hospital. 
end and this was this was a big deal in the room when i was watching this he killed them in international waters so yep. why you know it's none of the fbi's business as far as we're concerned exactly see it's yeah, dumb, dumb yeah. shit right there yeah, so the two FBI agents who are investigating more for, you know, doing some murder of some, I think, Russian mercenaries in international waters are Al Rodriguez and Simon Stroud. I'd never heard of Simon Stroud, but in the comics, apparently, he has a cybernetic arm. Yeah, dude had a cybernetic arm in the trailer. Ooh. And I've, I've put a picture in our notes. If you Google the dude's name, if you Google whatever, Simon Stroud's cybernetic arm in Google, you'll see it. But it's like... They had the thing there, and then he doesn't have it in the film. How do you explain that? I, they just tell the actor, hey, this thing, you're not going to wear that, but this thing, you are. Don't ask questions. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, sure, they, I'm sure they signed him to a, you know, a couple film deal, right? And so, yeah. So, like, they'll probably, if, if there is a future to the, the Sony uh, extended spider-man universe or and i'm going to keep calling it by slightly different slightly wrong things this entire podcast um you know he might be in it uh, i will say he's played by tyrese gibson i can't think of anything else i've seen gibson in but you know i usually like him and i think i want to say he was in four brothers but maybe he wasn't but he was he was fine here you know i i hope it, i hope in future we see him with a cybernetic arm i'll cheer for him but these characters just fit like the convention of needing a needing FBI agents to hunt you down. That's what they are. They're just there. Well, the the, the problem isn't Stroud. He's fine. The problem is FBI agent Al Rodriguez, played by Al Madrigal. Now, like I've never seen Al Madrigal act before, but goddamn, he's annoying. He was like honestly near the worst thing about the movie and like everyone in the room thought so it was and granted i know like you know the narrative convention of the fbi agents they're supposed to you know bust the balls but it, it wasn't like it wasn't like oh no i identify with morb so much why are they threatening my hero it was just goddamn i hate seeing this man on screen why why is he doing this i felt like he was a local actor of some sort trying to play like some towns like version of Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman something with like he was trying to play Jim Gordon <laughs> or Gary Oldman's yeah. Gordon. Like, yeah, yeah, it didn't no, work. That's, like <laughs> that's true. That's very true. It was like yeah, it was, he had the kind of weird affectations like of Gary Oldman, Commissioner Gordon, but like combined with like a kind of what would you say like an open mic stand up comic vibe. It was really like, like shitty, like shitty acting. Yes, yes, I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like he kind of looked like Goldman, kind of had some of the yeah. mannerisms, but everything else was crap. So, in the room when I was watching this, uh, everybody was also very much annoyed uh, when Morb like decides to bust up like counterfeiters. It's like, why why does Morb care about counterfeiting? I guess he wants their lab equipment, but why would counterfeiting equipment help Morb do his vampire blood science? That was very confusing. I don't know. I feel like there were scenes that must have been cut because this movie is so short. There had to have been stuff well, that hey, explained. Let's all not this. criticize the one good thing about this. Yeah, movie, okay? <laughs> it's 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 a it's a fucking ninety or a hundred minute like pimp show, man. Like more superhero movies need to be ninety or a hundred minutes. You if you do if you're going more than a hundred minutes, you're doing it wrong. 
you do whatever. Is there, I wonder if there's like a novelization of this. I don't really want to read it, but I still kind of wonder like if we're missing pieces from in the film that they just cut for time. Didn't they mostly stop? I know there's a few exceptions, but didn't they mostly stop doing novelizations in the early aughts? Maybe. I don't know. I've read all the, when all the Batman films came out, I read all those. I I think the Batman ones are exceptions. I think for the most part, because like when we were kids in the 90s, every movie basically, not every movie, but every, every like Hollywood movie. Of, that was any sort of action movie got a got a novelization, you know, and that's just yeah. like, in the line of fire, U.S. Marshals, you know, stuff like that. They were just uh, yeah, it was like, it was almost like a form of advertising. Yeah, yeah, it very much was, and they were they, they were invariably terrible, and there was no re- there was no reason to read them, but occasionally you would you would you know have a couple scenes that were not in the film or like a character would be called by the name they were called like in the second draft of the film and not the fifth, you know? Right. I like it when a, a big name writer does one though. That That's when it's good. Most of the time. When I, they kind of, they have a little, a, what's an example of that? Well, they had Denny O'Neill do the Batman ones. I thought that was pretty awesome. Oh, he did. He, he did the ones for the Nolans. I think he, he did several. Denny O'Neill did some Batman novels, but I, I didn't know that they were film adaptations. I'm pretty sure he did. Maybe I may just be completely making that up, and I apologize. But <laughs> well, he did the night he did the Nightfall adaptation. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And then he had a question novel. Oh no, you're right. He did. He did. He he did for Batman Begins oh. and for the Dark Knight. You're right. I'm not wrong. Yes, <laughs> gold stars for me. <laughs> and then in between them, he did a question novel that I, I I tried to read and I didn't like very much. It was not 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 nearly as good as his original question run. But yeah, R.I.P. to Denny O'Neill, by the way. Real real great guy. Really decisive influence on Batman for 30, 40 years. Okay, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's the one other thing I would say about that is I'd be really curious to know like what was the economic reason they were doing novelizations of movies and what was the economic reason they stopped i would just be really curious yeah i don't know i feel like i've read something about this somewhere but i, I don't I, I can't figure out the reason because you're right they had novelizations for everything you couldn't go to like the grocery store without seeing a novelization for like whatever film was out at the time yeah wild wild um so i we have a scene morbius is interrogating the counterfeiters you know it's kind of one of those like fucked up like pro torture jack bauer scenes he's like breaking a breaking a counterfeiter's hand it doesn't really work as a scene uh it also has that kind of pro torture vibe to it which is you know not great even though i like you know i like a badass scene as much as the next guy but uh morb does say one line uh in that which i thought was pretty funny which was uh i am venom uh so i I chuckled at that you will not laugh at that stupid fucking line bob i had to hear it over and over again for like the hundred years that Morbius was delayed, but still being advertised on TV. I did not. I think I only saw a Morb trailer once or twice, and I, I maybe I saw that line and it didn't register, or I I, I blanked. But yeah, no, I, I it was it was new to me. Yeah, they kept delaying the film to like the last minute, so they oh, just yeah, kept, yeah, no. they kept advertising it. But in the advertisement, Bob, he does the I and them line. But then he like he giggles and goes like just kidding or some shit like that, which he didn't do in oh, the film. That's 
that's even worse. That's even yeah. worse. Yeah. But, but imagine the first time you saw the trailer and he doesn't giggle. If he just said, I am Venom, that would be a little funny, right? Not like. Oh, not yeah. Like I would laugh. I would totally laugh at okay. that. I think it's. I thought it was okay. pretty funny because it also automatically makes that stupid connection between the other films. So, you know, you know oh, they're all yeah. the same universe. Oh, cool. Well, and I feel, I feel very kindly to the Venom extended universe, I must say. So, <laughs> just because I loved, I love Tom Hardy Venom so, so much. So. Here's the other, there's one other thing that was in the trailer that was not in the film. We've already mentioned oh, the, yeah, the me. arm and we mentioned this Venom line, but there was a Spider-Man poster that said, or oh. sorry, Spider-Man graffiti. It had a, a nice mural of Spider-Man, but somebody had written like over it in spray paint murderer. Oh, so that fits in with the, uh, the movie you haven't seen, uh, far from home. Yeah. Yeah. Call it by its name. Spider-Man three. No, that's Spider-Man two, Bob. <laughs> if you're going by oh, that. Sorry. Far, oh, far sorry, sorry. Spider-Man 2. My bad. My bad. My bad. Spider-Man 2. That's why you should call it by its name. Not no, I give them different names because it's not the same damn thing. Like, there's so many at this point, Bob. Spider-Man 2, Spider 2 to me is the one with Dr. Octopus and Tobey Maguire. What, but it can also the, be, for what? some people, the Andrew Garfield film with uh, Electro. So, so, eh. so what's the name of the new Spider-Man again? Uh, no Way uh, No Way Home. No, 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 no the right? actor. No. The, a the actor who plays oh, this. Oh, uh... Damn it, Bob. <laughs> so look, I'm gonna give you an easy. So Tom Holland. You refer Tom to Holland. Tom there we Holland. Go. Okay. So you say Toby Maguire Spider-Man three. You say <laughs> Andrew Garfield Spider-Man two, and then you say new guy Spider-Man three or Tom Holland if you're feeling precise like that. I think that's that's I'm the not easier way to do it. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely. I'm not going to remember the distinction between Never Come Home, Homecoming, and Far From Home. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, like I, I'm not gonna do that. Fuck you for thinking I am gonna do that. You don't like the play I on words. What's funny yeah, is I, I think don't. I even screwed up talking to you because I think that No Way Home is the number three, not Far From Home. <laughs> I think I screwed up. Yeah, No Way Home because he can't get home. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're, you, I'm, I'll, I'll give you this, Bob. You're absolutely right. My argument was probably yeah. not not. not like, no. yeah. Oh man, this is a rare victory for Bob. We'll just say Andrew say Garfield's Spider Man Two. Yes, that's what it is. Another him. option is that we could just. Uh, we could just keep the numbering going. So Andrew Garfield <laughs> is four and five and the new Spider-Man would what be six, seven and eight. Yeah. I think that also works. Yeah. But then I'm going to have to like embarrassingly count on my fingers and like, remember the villains. I, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, like, when you say Spider-Man six, do you mean the coming sinister six movie? Or Green Goblin. <laughs> That's three films and two. No, I can't do that, Bob. <laughs> All right, okay. so so well, we're gonna get to the, we're gonna get to the the Spider-Man extended universe soon. I one other observation was that I you know, and this is con to connect it to different cinematic universes. So, a Morb seems to have the Aquaman of bats powers, which was uh, something. I don't know why they did that, but it was something. And uh, we also get a lot of like you said, a lot of Batman Begins energy off this movie. I mean, clearly Morb is bats. Matt Smith is clearly doing the Cillian Murphy scarecrow thing. We already covered Rodriguez as Gary Oldman, Commissioner Gordon. Jared Harris is clearly a more benevolent version of Liam Neeson's Raja Goal. And, uh, you know, Martine Bancroft is Katie Holmes, uh, you know, in the love interest in Batman Begins. That, that seems to be where we're going here. So this is, this is a bit technical, but like I, when I was, when I was reviewing our notes, Bob, for this review, um, mm -hmm. 
I didn't even I didn't pull out that you had already made the connection between Gary Oldman and uh, Rodriguez. <laughs> so two of oh, two nice. people two people made the same connection watching this film without acknowledging each other about it. So why on earth did the scriptwriters or the director not notice this or the people like you know that go in and do the testing on these films? <laughs> I will say I don't know if I would have thought about it. I don't know if I would have thought of it independently like you did, but in the context of trying to map everything in Morbius onto Batman Begins, it was it was pretty obvious. Yeah. I, I'm in no way, though, saying it's on the same level as Batman Begins. Batman Begins is a way better film, in my opinion, but this, this movie is just... It is weird, because like, before I was criticizing it for saying it's like a late 90s, early aughts superhero movie, and it is... But it is weird that it, you know, Batman Begins is 2005 and in some ways kind of marks like the, you know, the quote unquote modern era of superhero movies that we still live in. Uh, it or Blade, I guess, would be the two you could, you know, you know flag as the starts. And it, even though it does more, does feel very late 90s, early aughts, it is so, so clearly imitating Batman Begins, although more in superficial ways than I think in like structural ways, if that makes sense. Right. So, Matt, did you know you you know any you have any thoughts about Martine? Uh, she's apparently a character in like Morb's origin in Spider Man, but it, I don't think in the comics she ever gets vamped. Um, I the weird thing I read while reading up on this was that the actress playing Martine apparently modeled her like mannerisms off AOC. So, <laughs> I, yeah, some dumb shit. Almost hope that like you know she there is a, like a the Sinister Six movie is like a sequel to this and like we do get to see her as like vampire AOC like I, I'm just so morbidly I'm sure it would be nothing very notable but I'm just so forgive the pun morbidly curious to see what that would look like like an AOC vampire yeah vampire AOC dog vampire AOC she she did not remind me of AOC at all so I'm not like <laughs> maybe her look maybe the yeah kind of like, but that's it yeah I, I don't know this is this is like a weird thing right so i i i sort of like aoc and i sort of don't like i gave her money in her first campaign you know i was very glad to get another dim sock or democratic socialist in congress but like i follow aoc mostly as like like i follow politics generally just through like text medium of like twitter and facebook and newspaper articles you know yeah. and so i don't actually know what a lot of politicians sound like i don't know what they visually look like i've had i've had weird experiences when i'm arguing with my conservative grandmother when fox news is on in her home and i ask who somebody is and she's like oh that's so and so and it's like it's like you don't know who they are and it's just like, well, no, I know that they're a senator from wherever. And I know, you know, these are their kind of signature things, but I don't know what they look or sound like. So, you know, um, like the things you probably should know about them. <laughs> your grandmother yeah. just knows what they look like. <laughs> yeah. Well, she knows, she knows if they're good or bad. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Good or, yeah good, good or bad. bad. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, 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 for, I had actually gone a long, long time not knowing what AOC sounds like. And I, I got to say when I finally did hear a speech from AOC, uh, she sounds a little annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and I, all, all that is to say, Martine doesn't sound annoying. Bland, possibly, but not annoying. Yeah, her whole character is summed up as uh, she's his assistant, and then you find out he she's his girlfriend too, apparently, or some shit like that. It, it it's very obvious from the get go. 
And then later on, Bob, she's going to be a vampire. She'll be a vampire in the next film, I'm sure. That that's the end. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, I mean, she's character. turned at the end. She's turned at the end of this one. Although, no. I mean, in a way, this is progress, right? Because like twenty years ago, if you saw her, you'd assume she would have died as motivation. So you know, the fact that she lives as a vampire is, in some way, you know, narratives are getting slightly more progressive and are not just using women as motive. You know, women characters as motivations for men. All right, Bob. So, were there any visuals in this film that you actually liked? Matt, I would be lying if I said that the tube of constantly flying bats in Morb's lab didn't kind of crack me up. I It was a motif that they kept going back to, and it made no goddamn sense, but it was kind of funny. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That was an interesting visual, seeing the bats. And then the when you said tube of bats, I was thinking of when he was shooting off the bats in like a big like bat spray type thing. <laughs> I don't know what you would call it. I was okay with that. A, a, shark, a shark repellent bat, bat spray that. Yeah, that kind of thing. I was good with that visual. And other than that, that that's about it. I, this movie, ugh. Like, they, I don't know what the what so, they were thinking with the visual pieces. I Googled, I even Googled a couple of things, like, just to look at, like, back, like, what they were doing as far as, like, back, uh, behind the scenes type stuff. And it, it, it just wasn't, I don't, they, they have no explanation. It's just like, uh, why? Why does he need Kool-Aid shooting out of him all the time? You know, why? Why does everything need blurry? Kool-Aid or Cinders? That's going to be the, the hugest debate of this episode. I say Cinders, you say you say it's Tang. Tang, it's Tang. <laughs> all right. All right. So, Matt, was there any violence at all you liked in this film? No. No, none. It was so bland. No. I, I I would also say no, but I would give it up because I do like good dancing, especially from a man in a film. Uh, and so I'll give it to Matt Smith dancing. In that, that's why this movie is better than uh, X Men Apocalypse is because Matt Smith dances. God damn it! If uh, Apocalypse had danced in X Men Apocalypse, as we know that actor whose name I'm blanking on, who plays Duke Leto in Dune. Uh, Oscar Isaac. If Oscar Isaac had danced as Apocalypse and X-Men Apocalypse, that would have been a great movie. He didn't. Matt Smith danced in Morbius, so it's a better movie. There you yeah, go. Yeah, Matt Smith is definitely like the the he's my character of the film. Like this is the only this is the only character with any redeeming value. <laughs> because yeah, he knows yeah. this shit is stupid. I'm not talking yeah. about whoever I'm not talking about Lucian or whoever he played. I'm talking about Matt Smith himself. He knew this shit was stupid, so he chews the scenery and he does whatever the fuck he wants. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really it, he's really charming. Uh, you know, dude, dude's a star. It shows. Uh, yeah, yeah he's my character of the film too. Yeah, he's he's a Damon Targaryen on House of Dragon, House of the Dragon. Good show. You need to watch. It. Yeah, I, a I don't believe you that it's good. It is B, so good. I've heard I've heard that he has ED on House of the Dragon, and that, that makes me sad. I I want I want Matt Smith to fuck. Man. He doesn't I, have I, ED. I want him, I want he doesn't. <laughs> you need to watch had, the damn I've show, had, Bob. Y'all know who you've been listening to. I've had reports from reliable sources that tell me uh, that Matt Smith is uh, albino dragon lord has ED, and I just I, I, I you know like ED like there does need to be ED representation on film, whatever, whatever. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying no to it being Matt Smith as a dragon lord. That's what I'm saying no to. He can get it up for certain people, but that's like further into the season, so just forget it. Uh... All right, <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh man. Suspense, suspense over whether Matt Smith can maintain an erection actually does sound like good TV. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? 
That's that's your it's reason like, to watch House of the Dragon, Bob. It's like, there you go. It's like my sex life has been put on HBO. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, see if we had spo- if we had sponsors, this would be the time to go into our uh, Blue Chew. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it'll get your dick hard. So, uh, least favorite character, Bob is it's not Morbius. It's Jared Leto himself. I don't like Jared Leto. I've decided I just don't like him. I'm sorry. I, like I, I, I don't hate Jared Leto. I, I this is not his finest hour. You know what is his finest him, hour, Bob? What have you seen with him in it that's good? Well, it's probably not a sh- movie we're allowed to like anymore. But I, <laughs> I, thought was, I thought he was good in Dallas Buyers Club. Oh. I, I, <laughs> I don't care. I don't. I just. I don't like Jared Leto. I think they could have come up with someone different, and it may have been a better film. <laughs> uh, I. I feel like the problems. Of, like, look, I'm not saying Jared Leto covered himself in glory, but I feel like the problems were the writing, not Jared Leto. And I. I don't know, man. I feel like. I don't know. I. I just like. The problems were also like so much. So much else about the movie. It wasn't Leto himself, even though I agree with you. It wasn't a great role. No, uh, he was good in phone or not phone booth. Phone booth's a terrible movie. He was good in <laughs> yeah, Panic. He was good movie. In, That's what I've seen. Yeah, he was good in Panic Room. Oh yeah, Panic Room. I forgot about that. And then I don't, uh, I don't hate um, him as the Joker. I don't love it or anything, but I, they kind of like, I don't, I don't hate people's like, or I don't get people's over the top hatred for it. I. I feel like he did have to do something weird because, like, after when you're following up Heath Ledger, like, what else can you do but just be fucking weird, right? Right. I think he followed up and bombed, and that's about it. And then I, I would say, like, I don't, like, I think I, I enjoyed his performance as Neander Wallace in Blade Runner Two, right? Like, it's way, way, way over the top, but I enjoyed it. All right. You have a least favorite character, Bob? Uh, yeah, it would be Young Milo. As, as, you know. Also, young Morbius is a is a close second, um, and then it's amazing that I hate them even more than Rodriguez, who I also deeply, deeply hate. But yeah, it's you know a race between Rodriguez, young Milo, and young Moore. But I think young Milo wins. So I assume we have uh, too many regrets uh, f- about this film for us to list them all, Matt. But do you have a biggest regret? Yeah, I regret not buying the Morbius action figure from the animated series back in the '90s, Bob. That's my biggest regret. You think you'd have been able to flip it when this uh, movie shot to number one on Netflix, Matt? Probably, yeah. I could, I could resell that thing. No, it ain't worth nothing. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of cool looking, though. I don't know why I didn't have it. But, Bob, this movie's just bad. The ending is just a bad film. I think what I'll say is I, I regret everything about this movie except for the memes. I think the memes are still hilarious. Yeah, the memes are great. Uh, thank you, social media, for creating this making these shitty movies memorable <laughs> they tricked so they tricked sony into re-releasing it and it's yeah. bombed a second time because they and then sony believed it to, oh, like God. sony and didn't get a catch on how do they not have people in their building it's got to just be a bunch of like people saying yes to everything in these in these buildings i guess they have yeah. like some dude on well, top and he's like hey, let's re-release it look everybody wants to see this film again nobody's got the balls to say no, sir, that's just them being sarcastic. Either that or they're like us, and they just want to see if it'll actually do it. If they'll actually re-release it. 
I did sign the change.org petition <laughs> to re-release it a third time, which if I remember right, was like headline, we're sorry, we were busy that weekend. We'll see it this time, we swear. So I guess to get, get to the larger shared universe stuff, and, and we'll, we'll kind of close on that, although we have a bit, a bit of stuff to say about that. Was, was Michael Keaton Vulture in Tom Holland's Spider-Man 3, Matt? Okay, Vulture wasn't in Spider-Man... Tom Holland's Spider-Man 3. I've got to fix my way to say it now because he was not in No Way Home. <laughs> All right. He was... He, the, in the No Way Home, you had Doc Ock, Lizard, Electro, Sandman, Green Goblin. Okay? You had five people. Uh, five. Okay. Vulture five. was in Spider-Man Homecoming. He was the main villain. He was in the first Tom Holland movie. Did they make, like, a joke about how they were, like, one guy short of a Sinister Six in that movie? No. Which is another missed opportunity. Huh. Unless I, I missed it, I need to see. I, I want to go back and actually rewatch. <clears throat> so, I want to go back and actually rewatch that film. But that's like I think one of the ones they have not re-released or released on any streaming services. Oh, check. interesting, interesting. Let me. I may be wrong. I, I wonder know. if the rights are too complicated between Sony and Marvel. They keep putting these films out on like stars and stuff. I don't. Nobody bought. Nobody has that. Uh, do, you, do you have stars? <laughs> I do not have stars, dog. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think. I don't think any. Yeah, it's on stars. So they have this deal with stars where all their Sony, the Sony films are released on stars first and then to everything else. That's why we had to wait so long for Morb to hit Netflix. I guess, but it didn't seem like it was that long, but it's, I guess, yeah. It oh, hits, it was long. It was long for me, Matt. I thought the, uh, well, I had been wanting to see Venom, Venom, uh, and Carnage. But yeah, you know, I'm like it hasn't released. Oh man, so you're you're gonna be the annoying, or you, you you've reformed, but you are the annoying pedant about Spider-Man titles, whereas I get to be the annoying pedant about Venom titles. No, Matt, that was Venom colon Let There Be Carnage. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the hell it's called, I don't know. The the real the real question though is if they do another Venom movie, do they call it Venom Three or do they call it Venom and Carnage Two? It's like an Ant-Man and Wasp situation, you know? I think it's an Ant-Man and Wasp situation because on the Wikipedia, it said it was a direct sequel to Venom, Let There Be Carnage. So I just kind of thought, okay, they're going to put Carnage okay. in there somehow. In Venom the and Carnage 2, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. So, like, we have Michael Keaton Vulture show up. It's somewhat amusing in the first scene, although not that amusing, I thought. But then we have, like, a second post credit scene where, like, Vulture's, like, in the Vulture suit. Uh, that t- like totally wasn't Michael Keaton at all, right? In that, like, not in not in the suit, not as the voice. That just wasn't Keaton at all, right? Yeah. So I think that was Keaton's voice, but it was probably recorded off like an iPhone. <laughs> so does that does that answer your question? Like, it didn't sound like him, but I'm thinking they're like, we need to throw this scene in here. We need you to say this shit. Uh, would you just uh, say it and we'll. we'll Turns out Michael Keaton was in prison that weekend, and so yeah. like, they recorded him off the prison phone system. Yeah, it, it's, it's really bad. Uh, but was it supposed to be Michael Keaton playing the part of Adrian Toomes as the Vulture? Yes, it was supposed to be Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I got yeah. that. I got yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, Matt, uh, why don't you uh, rank the movies in the new Spider-Verse for us? All right, so if I had to rank the, new, the films, Spider-Man No Way Home would be number one. Which is the third one? That is, yes, that's Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man Homecoming okay. would be number, would be my second in the in rankings. So that's and that's the, that's that's the, the one I've one. actually seen. That's the first yeah, one, okay. yeah, okay. with the Vulture. Okay. 
Spider-Man Far From Home would be the third one. That's the one with Mysterio. That would be third in my ranking. Uh, uh, then I'd go with Venom, and then I would go with Morbius. Uh-huh. All right, okay. I'll okay. I'll watch Venom two like once it's on streaming service, but it'll probably just fit right behind the other Venom. I doubt it's worse than Morbius. So, I no, I, I don't think so. I would rank the ones I've seen: Venom, Venom two, uh, the first MCU Spidey. I guess that's Homecoming. Yeah. Yes, Homecoming. Yeah, I think it's Homecoming. And then I would say Morb. The caveat I need to throw in is. I didn't have. I think we were in lockdown when Venom Two came out, and so I didn't get to see it in the theater, although I wanted to. And I watched it on a plane, but the audio was fucking up, and so I only heard about half of the dialogue. So, <laughs> I, I think Venom Two is in between Venom and the first MCU Spider-Man. But if I ever rewatch it, I might have to reevaluate that ranking. Okay. Well. I'll, I'm gonna watch Venom. When I watch, I'll watch Venom two when it's off stars, and then I'll let you know where that falls. Because I, I, I really think it's gonna be after Venom, though. Honestly, I, I, I don't think it. Looking at the trailers and what I've, yeah. what I've heard and what I've read, maybe, maybe uh, I don't know. I kind of want us to get back to B five coverage, I guess, at some point, since JMS seems really, really determined to make the reboot happen. But uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind doing some Venom and Venom two coverage for the podcast. Yeah, we might be able to do that. I, I'm good with that. So maybe one day, Bob, though, we'll get that Sinister Six film made that everybody fucking wants and has wanted for 20 fucking years. <laughs> I, I Have people wanted it for 20 years or have they just been saying it for 20 years? People want it, Bob. I mean, this is the whole reason for continuing to add these new villains to these films. Even with Tobey Maguire, they wanted one. With... Uh, with Andrew Garfield, they were already set in the stage and had pumped out, had already put out like 20 movies they were going to release and then they had to backtrack. And then with the new, with the, with the Tom Holland stuff, they basically did a Sinister Six film, but just didn't call it that because they wanted to make sure they wanted to do a whole yeah. bunch of multiverse I guess that crossover. Was a, I guess that shit. was a rights protection thing. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And it was, it, yeah, and it, it was a multiverse. They had to make sure they had all the multiverse yeah. crap set up for it. So you knew it wasn't just centered on, you know, those particular villains. That's, I think that's probably why they went with five. So I, I, if they're doing it and you know, as the movies have like, they can bring in other characters. Right. But as the movies have gone, our options right now are what Morbius and Vulture, obviously, cause they're here. Yeah. Then you, you could fit in vampire AOC. And, <laughs> and you don't then, have two vampires on the team though. I mean, that's kind of weird. I don't know. I, I I do want to see Vampire AFC though. That's the thing. Oh yeah. I mean, I want to see it. I want to see that. I just don't want to. I don't think you're going to add her to a Sinister Six. Like I think you're going to have Morbius okay. and Vulture. I'm thinking they're going to go with like another female Doc Ock, like we saw in Spider Verse. Uh, that that would be a good way to to diversify it a little bit. Yeah, because we already had the we already had uh, the Doc Ock from Tobey Maguire Spider Man Two come back, so there's no reason to revisit that. I wonder if people would accept that a little. Like accept. I mean, granted, it's. Saying it's like a gender swap is a little much because there, you know, there was a female Doc Hawk in comics a long time ago, and you know we have we had her in the in the in the Miles Morales movie. But I wonder if people would almost be more accepting of a, a gender swap casting there because it's like Alfred Molina is so good as Doc Hawk, like who wants to see him replaced? You know? Yeah. Well, you you need to watch the most recent the the Spider Man. God, 
damn it, Bobby. Tom Holland's Spider-Man. You need to watch Tom Holland's Spider-Man <laughs> 3. And then you'll have a better understanding. All right. So <laughs> uh, wild. wild. But uh, Mysterio is the only other MCU villain we've seen that's okay. directly connected to Spider-Man like that. And then okay. you got Venom and you got Venom in the Sony verse and then Craven. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. And then I guess to move over to like the the Spider-Man universe or the Spider-Man extended cinematic universe. Um we have like Wikipedia divides it into like a certain and a more uncertain tier. So <laughs> in the seemingly certain, which certain maybe is doing that that word is doing a lot of work, maybe it shouldn't be. We have a Craven movie, which I feel like they've been talking about since at least the Andrew Garfield movies. Oh, yeah, they've been talking about Craven forever. I don't think. Yeah. It says post production, too, Bob. I don't believe that shit from. Yeah, I don't believe that either. I don't believe that either. (laughs) There's Uh, no way. They would leak stuff. Then they say Murto. Um, okay. Apologies for my gringo English. I, I've never heard of him. Apparently, he's a wrestler character from Spider-Man comics in the aughts. Yeah, El Muerto. He, it's so damn obscure. But then I saw that the name Bad Bunny is attached to it, and that's why that dude's like really hot right now, and they're just trying to like milk uh, him for everything. So they try to find somebody they could fit him in with to get him in a film. Uh, they're going to sell that film based solely on his name. Apologize for the ignorance, but is he like a rapper? He's a rapper, and he like had a yeah. match at WrestleMania, and he was actually pretty good. Oh. Okay, hell yeah, yeah, brother, hell yeah. That's all. That's all it is. I mean, that's really what that boils down to is his name recognition. And then, like, look, I don't want to shit on a female character movie because God knows there's not enough of those <laughs> for superheroes. But like, are they really gonna make a fucking movie out of Madame Web? The only exposure I've... We talk about my exposure to Morbius. The only real exposure I've had to Madam Webb was in the animated series, and she was an old lady that couldn't move that had a bunch of, like, you know, spider tendrils. That was about it. Yeah, that's, that's her, dog. <laughs> uh, like, she, what are you going to do? She's a, I've, I've, read her in some, I've read her in some Spider-Man comics. Like, she sucks. Like, there's nothing good about her. She makes... She also kind of... I mean, I guess you kind of want her if you're doing, like, multiversal Spider-Man shit. Because she's like an easy way to do it, but like to me, she kind of breaks Spider-Man. Because I don't really like, you know, I like Spider-Man having more low-key adventures. Hold on, hold on, Bob. I got a joke here. But Bob, Loki's dead. <laughs> oh, I that that means nothing to me, Matt. You said Spider-Man had low-key adventures. You want Spider-Man uh, to have more low-key adventures? Uh, Get it, Bob? So do they? Did they kill Loki at his TV show? Uh, no, no, but Bob, Loki's died like four times. He just comes back. I don't know. I don't know if he's dead or not. I can't tell you that. Okay. No, no, it was a good, it was a good joke. I was just yeah. a bad audience for it. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, thanks, it's, I'm the thanks, problem, Bob. not the joke. And we also have a we also have a film uncertain tier. Did you want to say something else about the certain tier? No, that's it. I mean, I, we have a Venom three film coming out too, right? At some point, we yeah, have that. yeah, that's Venom three that. or Venom and Carnage two. Yeah, that's yeah. coming. And that that one, unlike the others. I'm not convinced that we'll actually get a Craven, Morto, or Madam Web film. Uh, it seems pretty damn likely we'll get a Venom 3 film. Yeah. Okay. Then we have the more uncertain tier. Uh, and so in the uncertain tier, we have the Sinister Six movie that we've talked about. And you say that the people want. I'm a People more want Sinister Six. All right. Give your money to Sinister Six films. It'll put butts in seats and you'll... They knew this with the Andrew Garfield films, but then they just... 
Nobody wanted, I, I nobody cared for the second film. So much as that they only had the rights to Spider-Man characters and were desperately thinking of what other movies they could spin out of it. To, in, in a few well, no, I mean they had, but they had all the stuff. Did you watch the Andrew Garfield films? Uh, yeah, I saw both. I saw both. Okay, yeah, because remember at the end they had like you know they had Green Goblin was back. They were gonna do. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had Electro, and then they had all this other stuff that, like, Oscorp was working on to, like, you know, alter these people. So, they had it set up. It was cool. All right. Anyway, okay. just poor poor execution overall. All right. So Nightwatch, Bob. Nightwatch? Yeah, Night- yeah. So, I've never heard of him. Apparently, he's a 90s Spawn ripoff. Yeah, he was he was in the pages of Maximum Carnage, which I think they just have a copy of that sitting, at, like, at their office, and they just pop it open and pick a page. I swear to God, man, I read Maximum Carnage, or reread Maximum Carnage a few years ago, and I, I don't remember Nightwatch or Morbius in that shit. Although, I guess you were saying Morbius was in the video game more than He was. The he, they, they were all in the comics, yeah. Nightwatch was in it. I'm pretty, I'm like, I'm pretty sure he was. Because I, when I saw the image of him, I was like, okay, I vaguely remember him having a very, very small role in Maximum Carnage. But remember, they pulled out everybody for that shit. Yeah, they it's had, true. It, it was like it was New York like City's. all the all the like the B tier street heroes yeah. were there for Maximum Carnage. Yeah, but Nightwatch is like C or D tier, so I, yeah, I don't know fair, what, what, fair. what they're going with. Uh, but he was also in She Hulk, based on what they said on the Wikipedia. Oh, wild! I I've read a fair amount of She, not all, but I've re- I've read like the Dan Slide and Charles Soule She Hulk, and mm-hmm. I don't think he shows up there, but I I could have forgotten. But apparently, Spike Lee was originally attached to the film. So is Nightwatch a black guy, or is it? I just... think, yeah, I think so. Okay, okay. I mean, not not you know. That's what are you trying to say, Bob? Sense. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, man. I like I like Spike Lee. I just I that I, I I was like, well, maybe maybe uh, maybe Spike Lee just really wants to make a Spawn movie, but uh, Todd McFarlane won't return his calls. I don't know. That that could be it, actually. Uh, now the next one, Bob, on this little list is Jackpot. They don't need a damn jackpot film. What you, the hell? Do you know who Jackpot is? I I had to look her up, and then I vaguely remember her from Brand New Day. So I never read Brand New Day, although I heard it was good. But I guess she's like I'd heard about her at the time. I guess she's a vigilante that people thought was Mary, or that they were teasing to be Mary Jane after she and Peter got divorced, but was it actually Mary Jane? Do I have that right? Yes. It's it's just or she was going to be Spider Man's new love interest is what it boils down to. It's just so stupid. Yeah. It's, it's, An- another kind of another kind of Catwoman for Spider Man, which is, yeah, you know, but, always but seems what the Spider Man. There's so many other about. options at this point. Like I don't know why you would go for her. I need to read the brand new day stuff. Maybe maybe she's great at that. I don't know. But yeah, you were saying a Spider Woman film. Yeah, the the next line Spider Woman film. I I think a TV series would probably be better. Well, I'd say it depends because if they actually want to make a TV series where there's like different stories and it's like episodic, then yeah, sure. I would I would probably even watch a Spider-Woman TV series. I like Spider-Woman. Jessica Drew is great. Yeah. But if it's going to be another one of these garbage fucking like, oh, yeah, we just took a, the extended draft for the Secret Origins movie of the character and then split it into fucking eight episodes <laughs> like they did with Moon Knight. Uh, no, that, and, and Miss Marvel, which, oh, granted, Miss Marvel wasn't as bad as Moon Knight, but no, no, I'm, I don't want to fucking watch a Spider-Woman miniseries if it, if it should just be a fucking hundred minute movie. However, the only problem with this is that Sony doesn't really have a streaming service, so, other than, I guess, Stars is tied with them, so I don't think anybody'd watch it. Man, Sony's really made bad, some bad moves, right? They're just kind of, they're just kind of handicapped on all fronts in this competition, you know? Yeah. Thank God they have the PlayStation. 
PlayStation. Oh, that's that because they tried to build a streaming service off the PlayStation, but it failed. Yeah, that's true. I, I remember like they were adapting that that Brian Bendis comic Powers, and mm-hmm. that was like, yeah, it was like nobody nobody understood how to watch it because it's like, well, to watch it, you need to get a PlayStation. <laughs> All you get is about PlayStation. No big deal. Just load up your PlayStation. Yeah, no big. There you go. <laughs> no, big, no big investment. No big Just investment. Go. You don't want to pay six hundred dollars okay. for a streaming service? <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm good, dog. I'm good. All right, and uh, then you got is Mysterio going to have a film? Is that the last one on this? He, uh... He's he's in the uh, he's in the uncertain tier. I mean, okay, you know, yeah, I guess I... you I guess you're trying to get all the bank you can from Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. All right, so there's also some TV series, Bob. And I feel really yeah. bad about saying Spider Woman should be a TV series when I look at the names of the people who are the, the characters who are getting TV series, because it's just all female characters, and you know. Yeah. So Silk, and then originally, and I think this goes back to the to the Andrew Garfield Spider Man universe. They really wanted to do a Silver Sable plus Black Cat movie, which, I mean, I guess could work. I, I there's no real connection of those characters in the comics other than they both have silver hair but they, you know they both, they both romantic tension with spider-man but sure whatever um, okay but then they then they canceled the movie but they really want to do it as a tv series which i don't know i like silver sable and black cat so i'll probably watch it but i don't know they're trying to talk about bring black cat to the to the actual screen forever and it's never happened so i'm just gonna hold my breath on that one I mean, do you think it would be a kind of obvious move if they could get it out before they really, you know, before DC does a successful Catwoman solo thing? <laughs> that, that'll never happen. <laughs> We're never going to see Black Cat or Catwoman in a seat, in a, uh, <laughs> what do you call it, a, a, a single, not a, shit, sorry, my train of thoughts left. I, I don't know, man. What they, do you call that? A, what do you call that when it's just a single a character? Movie. A solo, a solo movie, movie, yeah. We're not going to see Black Hat. I don't think we're going to see Black Hat. Because and Halle Berry movie killed it for her. And then... They did, uh, a, they did a Black Widow movie. They can do... Catwoman has like... has like, And even Black Cat have more... I think more name recognition than Black Widow. I don't, I don't know about that. Because Black Widow is your top female in the Avengers. And they didn't release that Black Widow movie till way after they've had her... Had exposure to her through everything. My my impression, maybe I'm wrong. But my impression was they waited far too long because people. Oh, they did. Oh, I agree. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. They did, but I'm just saying the amount of exposure. People know who Black Widow is. Not like too long in a moral sense, though. Just like too long in the sense that like the time to have made a Black Widow movie would have been about the time of Iron Man three. Like yes. that's when people were primed for it, and then the fact that they waited until just like what a year ago that was insane. People would have been way more excited had it been released way back then. Like in yeah, yeah but around the time Iron Man three came out, yeah, and before know, all man. the Infinity War stuff, yeah, totally, totally. So, do you have any thoughts on the future of the Spider Man extended cinematic universe? Uh, to me, it just feels like an insane list of unrealizable films that you know you used to tell me about all the things that were allegedly in development in the late nineties and the early aughts, and I, I, it just feels like that to me. Yeah, this is exactly what happened in the twenty tens with the Andrew Garfield films. Uh, Sony jumps the gun and they have to like wind it all back. They're going to eventually sell this to Disney. That's yeah, what's going to, yeah. and Disney's going to own I, all the stuff. I hope it takes a while though. Cause I, I want to see what weird stuff we get in between now and then. And also like, I, I, you know, it seems like Marvel hasn't even had time to digest the X-Men. What are they going to do with Spider-Man? Right. 
Yeah, but they're Bob. They're set up for like the next hundred years with all the shit. Oh yeah, have. yeah. Oh no, I, I totally, totally. We'll, we'll be we'll be in the old folks' home watching this shit. That's true. That's true. Oh man. So I don't know. I guess to close out uh, on another vampire subject, Matt. Did you see the teaser for the AMC TV show of Interview with a Vampire? Like this movie, it looks like shit. No, I have. Uh, yeah, it looks like shit. And uh, were you ever an Anne Rice fan? Like, I feel like everyone goes through a stage at some point in their life. Like, in my early 20s, I was. I read, like, all her books. Like, just... I, uh... You know, I I watched the movie, and I liked the movie with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. And I think I even bought the novel, but I don't think I ever read it. Uh, you, you and Alan should talk, though. Alan, Alan uh, was a huge, huge Anne Rice fan back in the day. He... I, he does, you know. I think he recognizes it, that. Yeah, it, right. Yeah. You eventually, you're yeah, like, this is yeah. like, the, this is trash novel, but yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> so as a palate cleanser, maybe we should each recommend a good vampire movie. All right, Bob. I'm gonna go with Kronos. Hell yeah, dog. That's a uh, much better than I was expecting from you. Great Damn choice. good film. Yeah. What's that? That amazing Guillermo del Toro interview where he's like, I wanted to show. Not uh, Brad Pitt sucking on Angelina Jolie's neck, but I wanted to show a vampire licking blood off a bathroom floor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Kronos is awesome. If you haven't seen it, watch it. You're in for a treat. It's great. Really great. Um, My my two, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula from the early 90s fucking rules, and uh, The Hunger from the early 80s, I think, also. Great movie. Great movie. Well, that took way longer than probably it should have, but that was uh, the uncanny trend. We almost, we almost matched the runtime of Morbius, Bob. Hell yeah, dog. <laughs> Hell yeah. Don't you edit that shit, man. Just let it fly. Let it fly. <laughs> All right. So I'm Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Uh, check out our soon-to-see coverage of Moonfall and Batman's Soul of the Dragon. See you next time, folks. Thanks for listening.